This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. I'm your host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik, and I'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. And joining me today is our special co-host and fellow meteorologist, Mike Priante. Hi there, Mike. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It's the Mike and Mike show. (laughs) Right, right. Hopefully, uh, we're okay saying that. I know that used to be an ESPN talk radio show. Oh, boy. So, uh, well, I, I think we're okay. I think, I think um, we're going to be fine. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, many of you are probably wondering, well, what the heck? Why Why is it that Mike uh, Mahalik and Mike Priante are talking here together and not Brad Miller? Where is he at? Well, turns out that Brad is actually going to be a guest on the Weather Lounge. Right, Mike? Oh, I, th- I thought he was fired. What, wasn't, he, wasn't he kicked off the show? No, I must have missed the memo on that. Oh, okay. Let me check with the producer. Hold on. Oh, jeez, I forgot about that. Uh, no, never mind. No, he is not fired. Obviously, he is going to be a guest on our show today. And uh, uh, Brad actually was a TV meteorologist, and that's going to be the topic for today. Uh, Brad's been a TV meteorologist for almost 15 years before joining us here at WeatherWorks. So. It's going to be an interesting show here and to interview Brad about what it's like to be in front of the camera as a meteorologist. Here at Weatherworks, we're behind the scenes, Mike. You know, we're, we're giving those details to a lot of our clients. Um, so, you know, it's a lot different being in front of the camera and being in the private industry like us. Oh, of course. I know when I was in school, I did a lot of uh, on-camera stuff as well. You know, obviously not professionally like what Brad did, but uh, but it is definitely a, a whole different field, uh, you know, in, in, in the realm of meteorology. Yeah, it's funny, though. I never actually did that at Penn State. Oh, you never uh, did? And, no, yeah. I didn't do the campus weather service and uh, probably sh- something I should have done. Um, but for some reason, I, I don't know, maybe I was just too nervous when I was younger, um, to get up there in front of the camera. I know it's, there's a lot of jitters that happen. There is, um, I guess the one thing, the one good thing is it's not like you're on, uh, you know, on stage in front of millions of people. You really just have a camera in front of you, maybe two people in the room. So it's, it's a whole different thing. I know there's always that worry about, you know, stage fright and everything, but I mean, for the mm. most part, it's, uh, it can get a little bit, uh, you know, intimidating though. I will give you that. Yeah, I, and I think I was incredibly intimidated when I was uh, younger. Um, even when I had my speech classes in college, you oh, know, it always. Oh, I hated those classes. Um, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but now it doesn't matter. I don't know what happened. But now, you know, I'm almost forty years old, and I don't really care. So. There you go. <laughs> Who cares anymore? <laughs> Who cares anymore? Right? No, we got uh, we, we got we got to we got to get on track here. We we have to care about right. this podcast, Mike. We got to get this going. Yeah, we will. Okay. So enough of that banter back and forth. But uh, hey, after the break, we'll bring on meteorologist Brad Miller. So stay with us, guys. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to know exactly how much snow or ice just fell in your backyard? Or how much snow you just plowed from that two-acre parking lot? How about getting documentation that explains why you applied several applications of salt to a busy apartment complex? When it comes down to snow and ice verification, it can be a headache trying to find accurate totals for the busy winter season. Certified snowfall totals from WeatherWorks provide a stress-free way to get reliable information for the exact location you need. It is your complete winter weather verification platform. For more information, visit CertifiedSnowfallTotals.com today or call us at 908-850-8600. When you think weather, think WeatherWorks. And welcome back here to the Weather Lounge. I'm your co-host, Mike Prianti, joined with Mike Mahalik. Of course, uh, we are uh, going to be interviewing uh, our own Brad Miller. He's uh, now going to be in the interviewee spot, as he has been the uh, co-host with you, Mike, for, for mm-hmm. what, these past, uh, how many episodes has it been? It's been a while, 12, Ooh. 13 episodes. It's been quite a few episodes, that's for sure. So if you didn't catch all of them, please go back. Check them out. There's some good ones in there. I I like the uh, weather myths and folklore one. Um, That's a good one to check out. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of shows. So please go and visit those and, and, you know, give them a listen. They're still hanging out back there. So uh, I think, uh, Mike, it's probably time we don't, uh, you know, we don't leave Brad hanging here because he's been on the air for a little bit. He can hang out a little longer if he wants, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) 
All righty. Well, uh, I guess it's uh, it's probably time to, to bring him in, uh, Mike. Let's so, do it. All righty. Well, uh, uh, hey, Brad. Hello. Hey, Mike and Mike in the morning. Hey, it's been a long, long time. No talk, Brad. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that show on ESPN, Mike. Uh, Mike Mahalik. Yeah, that Mike and Mike show. I don't think we're we're making any. Uh, right. Having any problems. with that. Who was it? Uh, it was uh, Mike Golick and, uh, and uh, Mike, Mike Greenberg. Uh, Greenberg. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a long time that show was on. But um, that was back in my uh, when I used to do landscaping and uh, lawn care. I used yeah, to listen was, to Mike and Mike show. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, um, it was a good show on ESPN radio. Yep. And then Colin but, uh, Cowherd, I used to listen to also. Yeah, yeah, he's on Fox uh, now. But, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, hey, enough of that, Brad. We're here to interview you, <coughs> right? Yeah, I know. I'm, I, it's kind of weird. I'll be on the hot seat today, I guess. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, uh, how about we just start it right off here? Uh, I'm, I think what everybody's probably thinking about as a TV meteorologist, what do you consider to be the best part of being a TV meteorologist and maybe the worst part? So let's start with the, <laughs> let's, let's start uh, with the uh, best first. So. Well, obviously the best part would be, Hey, you're getting paid to be on television and you're getting paid pretty good to be on television. Um, that's probably the, the best aspect of it. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of time goes into the forecast and still, and, and, you know, it does, take a lot to make sure that forecast is correct your graphics are all correct but again you get paid handsomely to be on television i'm not gonna lie it's a fun thing to do um you know the standards of course are very high because you're on live television Mm. Um, but again you're getting paid to be on television that's probably the best part (laughs) the worst part well obviously i'm not a woman but you know wearing makeup (laughs) as a male was probably the hardest thing i had to get over because before tv obviously i never wore any kind of makeup uh, probably chapstick was about the worst thing I ever put on my face. But, you know, as you get into TV, uh, it doesn't matter how your complexion is. You have to wear something, whether it's just something to make you less shiny as a male or something that'll, uh, you know, even tone up your color on your face sometimes, because it just depends upon the season where you live. Um, so either way, you got to wear makeup. It doesn't have to be a lot sometimes. Sometimes it's more than other days and less than others, but that's probably the worst part about at least as a male being on television is uh, wearing makeup. (laughs) Brad, maybe you should keep wearing it. Maybe that would help out a little (laughs) bit. No, what I was going to say was, can you compare that to like wearing makeup on Halloween? I mean, you know, Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I never went as anything that I needed makeup, but I, I guess a lot of I, I never did the face painting thing when I was younger either. Ah. But I guess it's the same kind of idea. Um, hmm. But I don't know. It was just something. One of those things I had to kind of get over. And at first, I was like, I don't want to wear that, or I don't really want to partake in that. But it was either that or don't be on TV. You kind of learn that really quick. Um, yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's probably about the worst thing. Uh, is, is at least for me, it was. It was tough to get over. Now, Mike, is that is that something that you? War two when you were in school uh doing no, the uh thank thank god i did not wear makeup in school although you know okay I, so I, the school the school uh practice i and, will say and, though and, uh, that okay okay so i will say this was not related to uh college in front of tv but um i yeah, comes was the makeup thing <laughs> i was in uh i i was in a school play in high school and unfortunately okay. they had to put makeup on me um, mm. It was a musical, and yeah, I wasn't very. None of the guys on the because it was a uh, we, we kind of uh, paired with an all girls school. It was like all guys school, all girls school. We did a musical. I I don't know how I got pulled in to do that. Honestly, I'm not a I'm not a musical person. I'm not a I'm not an actor by any means. So I don't know how I got pulled into that. I guess I might have been must have been uh, persuaded was- some other way. I was going to say maybe we're missing a talent here um, <laughs> that that Mike has. Maybe he's a great. A singer or something yeah. we just hadn't no, realized you, this. you don't want to hear my voice it, okay <laughs> never mind <laughs> um, and, and going back to the handsomely getting paid you know actually there, there's a level to that but well i'll get into that a little bit later about where like you get paid a lot more versus i mean basically when you when you get into television you don't get paid all that great but hmm. um it depends upon where you live and where you work but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh you know into the a uh, little later into the podcast because there are some there are some big big jumps from basically where you start off at where you could be, you know, at the end of your career. So I don't want to get folks and think that, Oh, well, you get into TV, you're going to get a lot of money as soon as you start off. But that's not, that's not the truth, but you do get, you know, paid to be on TV. So 
I guess again, that's still the, the best. Part. Are are you a local? Were you a local celebrity in any? I don't I don't even know where you worked in terms of what. <laughs> yeah, TV well, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, quick background. Um, I got I got the the TV bug basically in college. I went to Millersville, um, and my junior year, I kind of started to think, oh, what am I going to do with my degree once I get it? And you know, of course, weather service is an option. Private industry like WeatherWorks, um, TV is always something that kind of popped in my mind. Um, so I did an internship at the TV station that was actually in <laughs> Lancaster, where Millersville was basically at. Uh, it was the NBC affiliate there. I did a summer internship, had a great time. The chief meteorologist there is still there to this day. Um, hmm. So he's been there for a long time. I learned a lot. And again, I, you kind of get that taste that like, oh, this is this is kind of fun. Of course, I practiced a little bit in front of the, uh, front of the camera you know, after a newscast. And that kind of kind of whets your appetite if you're going to go in that direction. And then one thing led to another. Um, after college, you know, I didn't really get into weather at first, but then I did hear of an opening for a weekend meteorologist at the uh, CBS affiliate in Scranton. So, I, and I knew th- I knew one of the meteorologists up there. I said, I said "Well, I've never been on TV before. Uh, I practiced in my inter- internship." I said, "You know, maybe I can come up there and, and take a shot." And I did a couple of practices. And granted, what they call you were green when you're early in your career and you're starting out. Now, I wasn't really ever afraid to be on TV. I kind of knew the idea and I liked it. In fact, I had mm-hmm. uh, a lot of confidence in front of the camera, which is what you need, especially when you start out. But, you know, you still have a lot of rough edges. So I worked on a few things and believe it or not, they, they hired me. And I was, uh, I was a weekend meteorologist for two years up there. And uh, I had a great time. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'm in my mid twenties now, and I kind of don't want to do this the rest of my life yet. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I moved down south to Charleston, South Carolina, of all places, and got into the golf business. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so I was a golf pro for a few years, but I still had that idea I wanted to be back on TV. So I started to fill in at one of the uh, at the CBS affiliate in Charleston, just as a fill in basis. Uh, it was just a, a, I was just paid as I worked. And then they offered me the weekend job there. And then I kind of moved up to the weekday position as well with the chief. And uh, that's where I spent most of my time in Charleston doing weather. But uh, that was, you know, kind of how I got into it. And then as you get into it, you get better and better and better. And it turns into just basically a job at that point. So Mm -hmm. uh, now getting back to that local celebrity, Mike Prianta, yes. Um, There are times when I would have to like maybe go to Walmart. I had to go pick up diapers or something after my shift. And I would work, I, my normal shift was uh, like three o'clock till 1130. So I can remember a few times I'd go into Walmart and I had to get something even for something else. And I, mm. and the, you know, somebody at the checkout would be like, Hey, I know you, don't you do sports on TV? I said, <laughs> uh, no, I do the weather on TV though. And they're like, Oh yeah, I know you, you work with so-and-so. And, and uh, of course I'm doing my suit still. And, and, you know, I'm, my tie. I have my makeup on too. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get away from it, but most of the time, no, I would have a hat on if I was playing golf or something. Most people wouldn't recognize you. Um, but yeah, if you have your suit and stuff on and you just got out of your shift and yeah, they would, uh, they would kind of recognize you. You know, I was just, Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, you know, funny thing you should, probably should have done, Brad, was put on like the, the fake glasses and the mustache. Maybe you go into <laughs> yeah. the, suit, the, the store they won't yeah. recognize you. Well, it wasn't like I was on national TV either. I mean, it, Charleston, there it goes by market size. And Charleston at the time was like a 95, 96 market, which is an average size market. But we were the number one station in there. And they've always been number one uh, where I worked. And uh, so I was very, it was, it was a high, it was a high profile channel that most people knew of and basically grew up with from the 40s and 50s. So um, it, it mm. was, you know, it's just, it was, it was fun though. I, I'd play along sometimes and sometimes I'd uh, be like, Hey, I don't know. Is, isn't that that weather guy or, or something like that? I'd kind of play along with them too. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know where you recognize me from. I'm not on TV though. I, I'm, I'm a TV star though. Uh, I, I do movies, <laughs> but I play around with it. It's fun though. <laughs> Yeah, I just always thought it'd be interesting. Like, you know, has, have you ever gotten anybody come up to you and ask for your autograph? <laughs> <laughs> Not at a store or anything like that, but... Um, oh my God, this, it's true. Well, this will kind of bring us into our next topic. Uh, sometimes okay. when we do live shots, when we do what's called a... Uh, like, we'll do a forecast out at like... Like, we used to go out to the what was called the, the Coastal Carolina Fair, which is a really like big fair 
in October, mm. um, all the channels were there. Obviously, we all had our spots at the fair. So you know, you get the people that would gather around when you would do your live shots and your weather, and they would even do sports from out there, and the anchors would be out there even doing some of the newscasts. So you know, in between, you know, when we're not live, they'd come up and hey, can I get your autograph? And and I wasn't as popular as like our chief meteorologist who's been there for 30 plus years and some of the other folks have been there but yeah i get i get a couple kids like i want to do weather on tv one day too and um, Mm. yeah give my autograph and i'd feel like oh wow i gave up autographs today you know they're not worth anything but (laughs) mike (laughs) it's true mike are you saying you've never asked for brad for his autograph at work (laughs) uh no no it's not Uh, worth the piece of paper that would be on so (laughs) You know, the only autographs I used to give out was for our forensic department when I did some uh, reports for them. Uh, I would, I would, I would uh, sign the reports, uh, and, you know, as I'm the meteorologist who certifies that this is true. Uh, put, yeah. So putting your big John Hancock on that, uh, on that paper, huh? Yeah, that's it. You know, that, that that's that's all my autographs good for. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was wondering, Brad. You know, there's a lot of differences between the private industry and meteorology mm-hmm. and broadcast meteorology. Um, so how important is like the forecast accuracy uh, for broadcast yeah. meteorology uh, versus, you know, maybe some other things? Yeah. I mean, when I came over to WeatherWorks, obviously, you know, our forecasts are just, you know, they, they are so well prepared. Of course, what we do at WeatherWorks and, by nature, we have to have them that way because a lot of folks are not only one they're 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 basing their work on it um you know their 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 livelihood um they're paying for the forecast so you know it's 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 something that we of course take very a lot of pride in all of our forecasts at weatherworks each individual meteorologist in whatever region that we're covering so you know there is so much information so much time put into our forecast. Now, I'm not saying the ones that we do in TV are just kind of like, ah, you know, let's just throw it a forecast together. However, on TV, there's not much, I guess, uh, mm. if you're wrong in your forecast, like there's going to be some folks that get upset even at WeatherWorks or some of our WeatherWorks clients that, that you know, and rightfully so, because if the forecast is going wrong, then things have to change on their end. You know, you get a TV forecast wrong or you say a 30% chance of a thunderstorm and it ends up being a, a rain out. You know, no one at, at on, on TV are going to call the TV stations like, "Hey, you're, you know, your 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 forecast was really bad." And you know, I, 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 you know, it's just the way that is. So I guess TV meteorology forecasts can go wrong, but we're also not updating it as things go wrong. I guess you can put it that way. So if something starts off wrong and ends up being really wrong, then you have to wait for the next newscast basically to kind of <laughs> kind of fix it. So. Um, <laughs> I guess that's kind of where I'm getting at with, with the TV part. Um, yeah, you get some Facebook pushback and things like that. Hey, you know, your forecast was wrong today and and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not as, I guess, a high priority. And I, I don't like saying this, but on TV, unless it comes down to severe weather and things like that, you know, if you miss a forecast, now you miss a forecast. It's kind of where it is. It's, it's more the, 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 the delivery and how, good things look and and you know how you want people to you know recognize your channel and your and your product versus actually perfect accuracy which we strive for of course at weatherworks so i'm not putting one down or the other but mm-hmm. you know unless it's a severe weather situation you know it's yeah yeah you're going to miss some forecasts on tv because you have to still be kind of general on tv also you're not you have an area that you're forecasting for but it's not a very very specific area you're kind of forecasting for half the state and you're going to miss things. You know, it's not like, you know, where you can mm-hmm. fix things either along the way, as a, like I was saying earlier. So it's bad to say, I guess, but <laughs> accuracy kind of takes a little bit of a backseat when it comes to TV meteorology versus, of course, what we do at WeatherWorks. Right. So uh, I guess, you know, piggybacking off of that. So, Brad, you know, what what do you typically do, you know, during a regular shift? I mean, I know there's, you know, you have a morning shift, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. these uh broadcasters do things in the evening um you know take us through a typical day in the life of brad miller as a tv <laughs> meteorologist well t- yeah, yeah typically as a I work- tv meteorologist please yeah i work uh like i said i work <laughs> evenings with the chief um i used to because we had so many newscasts that we just split up the newscasts and plus we had a fox newscast that we did in the evening um when you get into a smaller market like we were 
uh, in although Fox is like one of the major networks, uh, a lot of the a lot of the newscasts when you get into a smaller market like that, we would do the Fox broadcast from a different studio within our building. So we had a separate studio for the Fox broadcast versus our CBS broadcast. So um, so we did a lot of different newscasts, both morning and evening for for both. Um, so typically I'd get in there around three o'clock, uh, you know, prepare the forecast. My first newscast was at 4 p.m. Uh, we did a four to four thirty. Then the chief would do at five. Then I would do five thirty. Chief would do six. I would do seven, and then I do the Fox News at ten. That would be basically a, a normal day for me. Then the chief would do the eleven. Uh, sometimes I work weekends where I would do all the broadcasts, but there weren't that many where it was just a six, seven, and eleven. Um, but basically, your shift is three to eleven thirty, and you know you 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 do your own forecast, do your own uh, graphics. We weren't a big enough station where we had a weather producer. Uh, as you get up into like the top 50 markets, probably, which is, you know, especially like New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, a lot of these places have weather producers where they're not on camera. They do all the graphics for new meteorologists that's on camera. And they basically come in, they get kind of summarized about what's going to happen. Obviously, they look over their own stuff, too, and they'll make changes. The meteorologist will. Um, but, you know, it's, it's more mm -hmm. of a, again, it comes down to more of an appearance factor. And making sure everything is so perfect when you get into those bigger markets that, I mean, you, you see some of them on TV now. I mean, even, uh, you know, I pick out like Ginger Z. She is like one of the most fantastic people, I think, on TV, you know, and, and all the meteorologists uh, on TV that you see like that at that level are, you know, basically uh, uh, just, uh, you know, they, they are just just their, mm. their perfect uh you know, just a, polished. A, a reflection of the, right, the station itself. Right. So, and there's so many out there that are like that. So, but you know, yeah, that would be the typical day for me. Um, you know, the morning now is a little different. Uh, I'd fill in once in a while for the morning guy when he was out. Um, uh, same thing, you know, you start at the newscast starts at 5 a.m. Uh, and it goes until not, or really the newscast itself goes to like seven. Uh, and then you have fill-in or cut-ins, what they call with this, the affiliate, where you go to a like a local uh, update with headlines and a quick look at the weather again. Um, the one thing about the morning is you can come in whatever time you want. You can come in at 4.45 and come in at 4.55. They don't care. Yeah. But you better be ready to go at 5 a.m. with graphics, makeup, suit, tie, everything that you need to look excellent for at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. and ready for that first weather hit at 5 o'clock five o'clock and 30 seconds where you do your first day planner. So, yeah. I mean, typically if I did the mornings when I filled in, I'd come in around three 30, usually if it was quiet weather, a little bit earlier, if it was going to be an active day, but an hour and a half is usually pretty good to get the forecast together, get your makeup on. Usually I go in there dressed, So you don't have to worry about that part. Um, you know, maybe throw on your tie and stuff before the newscast, but, uh, you know, overall it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but at 5.00 AM snap of a finger, you better be ready to go. And, you know, it's 5 a.m. You better be just like you were if it was like five in the afternoon, always lively, energetic, ready to go. And the thing about the morning morning news is a lot of folks are listening versus watching. You know, at night, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, a lot of folks are winding down. They're going to watch the news before they go to bed. They're going to watch you. Morning mm -hmm. time, moms and dads are getting ready, maybe getting kids ready for school. And they're listening more than they are watching because they can't just sit there for two hours and watch the news. So that's kind of a difference also with kind of what we do with graphics and how we did certain things. And one thing I remember it was the, the, the chief that I used to, that I interned for uh, back at WGAL. And one thing he always said, you know, as sad as it sounds, if you, you better be ready to go in the morning because it doesn't matter if you ran over your dog in the driveway or you hit 20 garbage cans or you wrecked your car <laughs> on the way to work, you got to be ready to go. And like your morning is like got to be very mm -hmm. energetic and ready to go, like confidence and just, you don't want, yeah. you don't want, Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome yeah. to the newscast. The weather today is going to be cloudy and 50. You know, nobody wants that. You'll be off the, you'll be off so fast. So it's, a, well, yeah, Hey, I good mean, morning, everyone. You know, it's, it's lively and, and things like that. So it's, that's the difference, I guess, between the evening and the morning too. And I think I think that makes perfect sense because you know the the station wants you to be energetic so that right. the audience isn't like listening to this guy like oh this guy's bringing me down my whole day I'm not going to watch this station anymore <laughs> know. you know what I mean I don't want to wake up and listen to this boring guy uh, give the weather so I mean I, I understand what you're saying there and I think that's something that many people don't realize is that 
Um, in meteorology, if you're going to do it as a career, you're going to work all kinds of mm. crazy hours. Um, it's not a nine to five type job. Um, so no. if anybody's thinking about getting into meteorology out there, um, don't expect to work nine to five. Right. You're usually working very early or working at night or doing swing shifts or something like yep. that. So um, because the reasoning is, is, you know, everybody wants their forecast before right. they get up in the morning. They want it there. They want it ready for them. Yeah. Um, so, well, we're at the mercy of the weather. Yeah. Mother nature mm -hmm. doesn't work on a clock. It's whatever happens. Same thing at weather works, you know, we, we have yep. shift work, but our, our shifts do change a lot versus wintry weather conditions, even summertime, severe weather, same thing in TV, you know, even though you have a set schedule, um, if it's an active night or an active day where there, there could be tornadoes and things like that, especially down South, we have to have kind of a handoff between the two shifts. So even the morning person may have to stay till two in the afternoon, which it would normally leave at 1230. And then the evening shift comes in a little bit early at two instead of three. So there's a, so there's a handoff to where you can't leave the studio for two hours un, unattended, especially if there's a tornado warning, because then you have to, of course, you know, get on air. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to ask you, Brad, uh, which I, I know the answer to, but I know a lot of listeners probably don't, or they've heard this from somewhere else, but, uh, uh, are TV meteorologists, uh, using a teleprompter? Is it all scripted? <laughs> uh, clear the air. Uh, let us yeah. know what, what's up with that. Yeah. The, the, the TV meteorologist does not use a prompter, uh, at all. Um, they are basically given three and a half minutes, four minutes to do your forecast. And you set your graphics up based on the amount of time that you're given. Sometimes you're given a little bit less if the weather's quiet or is it like a, a busy news day. Uh, I know on like election day you work, you may only get a minute for weather because there's so much going on otherwise. And especially if the weather's quiet, nobody wants to hear you ramble on or out. It's going to be sunny and 70 for five minutes. Um, you know, uh, it, you you make your graphics, uh, you set them up to where you feel familiar mm -hmm. how long you can go three and a half minutes. So, you know, you get good at it. You figure out, all right, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then at 30 seconds left in your forecast, or at least your time, you better be on your seven-day forecast. Because at that point, you're basically wrapping up. Now, the newscast itself is is down to the second. I mean, usually they're 35 minutes, but content-wise, it's probably like 22 to 23 minutes because then you have your commercials, which you have to hit because your ads are they're paying for that time in a, in a prime time at 11 o'clock. So you can't skip a commercial and say, oh, well, the newscast is running late, so we'll, we'll drop this commercial about so-and-so. Uh, you can't do that. It's a no-no. Uh, the newscast itself then takes the sacrifice. So if, and, and, <laughs> and, the, and the people after weather are usually sports. So if I go four minutes instead of my 3.30, well, guess who gets jacked mm -hmm. 30 seconds the sports uh <laughs> a guy or girl so and then they're mad at you because you went long and if it's a normal day then there's no reason for you to go long so you better get done on time because then the sports person uh has to condense their their show even further have, so have it, you ever, it's, it's have you ever had your uh your segments cut off short because of that um, usually no, they'll, they'll give you advanced warning. It's not like you're going to get, get over to the, to the, to the chroma key wall and you're already expecting to do three thirty, and all of a sudden they go, Oh, well, you got to do three minutes of weather. Right. You can't right. do that. Cause your graphics are set and ready to go. And right. Mike, and Mike Prianta, you did some weather in Penn state. You said, so, you know, you, you have your graphics basically set to your time. Now, if they tell me in the beginning of the newscast, like, Hey, this live shot went a lot longer. Can you chop 30 seconds off? And I'll say, yeah. Weather's pretty quiet. I'll be able to do that. I can do it in three minutes for you. Um, but they they know that they can't do it at the wall because you're already set for your graphics and you can't. Now, we did have a hot button, which was called on our on our controller, where we could jump right to the seven day, ah. which once in a while you can use. So, But it, it would just be, it, it just wouldn't look right. So you can't just jump from a satellite or a radar or current temperatures to the seven day. It just doesn't flow right. It doesn't look good. It, it you know, I just don't like that but once in a while mm -hmm. if you could skip maybe like tomorrow night or the next day and then go right into the seven day if you're really tight on time you can or sometimes they'll tell you to go to break in your ear you wear an ifb and they tell you hey brad go to break please we're running a little bit late you know instead of going back to the anchors just go to break you know they're talking to you the whole time they're saying three minutes two minutes you know 130 um you know they're giving yeah. you your time cues so you know what to do and when you can go back to the anchors or again like like i said sometimes it's like all right after seven day go right to break please thank you 
And, yeah. uh, that's, and that's the producer talking to you. Yeah. And that's something interesting that you told me about before, Brett, is that you, you do have that earpiece in. Mm-hmm. So there's a producer or somebody <clears throat> talking to you the entire time while you're doing your forecast and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and things like that. Like now me, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, how distracting is that um, for, for <laughs> yeah. me trying to get my forecast across to everybody who's watching and then you have somebody in your ear going, hey, you're down to two minutes. Uh, hey, you better mm-hmm. speed it up. Like, hey, <laughs> you better do this. Like, I'd be like, oh my God, I can't, I, I, I can't finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it is distracting. I mean, at first you 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 you're like, oh my god, I can't do this. Somebody talking to my ear, but you get used to it. And then actually, mm. to tell you the truth, after you get on there and you're doing it for a long time, you actually feel like it's almost like you, you need someone to do here. Eventually, you're, you're thinking to yourself, I, I need to know what I'm doing here, and I'm, I'm yeah, kind of looking true. forward to my time cues eventually, and uh, mm-hmm. so I'm not rambling on about you know certain things. So. Um, it's, it, it's kind of a thing that you need now, sometimes, now, sometimes the producer gets very busy during the newscast and that's when the PAs and production assistants, uh, they're the folks that wor- work the floor. Now, now some TV stations actually have robotic cameras. We didn't yet. Um, I don't know if they do now where I used to work, but, um, so we actually had humans on the floor and they will give you time cues sometimes too, especially if the producer is doing something else. You know, they'll they'll give you like two or one, or sometimes they'll actually take their two hands and break. Like they're telling you to go to break if the producer can't tell you because they're doing something else. So um, you do need the, the the folks on the floor also helping things out. They're moving cameras around. There's a lot of other things going on during a newscast that you kind of have to focus on yourself because they're moving a lot. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes too while you're actually at the wall. Um, it's not mm. just everyone's still and you know everyone's quiet. They're quiet to the point. But there's also a lot of other things going on while you're doing your thing at the wall. So it's it's you know, it, it's it's a lot of things to kind of get over. And at first, you're like you're a little overwhelmed. Like, how am I supposed to focus when all this is going on? But mm-hmm. it becomes it becomes a, you know a, a normal thing just that you would do with like any other job, basically. Okay. Well, hey, uh, I mean, that's great about everything uh, that you talked about with that live shot. I mean, it sounds like there's a ton going on. Yeah. I want to go more into you know, what's going on in that live broadcast. And if you had any shtick or anything like that, live shots in the field, things of that nature. But I just want to take a quick break, guys. And then right after the break, we'll be back with the second part of our interview with meteorologist Brad Miller. Have you ever needed weather data for a snow removal contract? How about a slip and fall incident? Searching for the information online may sound simple enough. However, it can be tedious and difficult. Good news! Our data and stats team can simplify the process. We'll find any weather information from daily rainfall and snowfall totals to hourly temperatures and seasonal averages. On the legal side, our forensic department routinely produces certified reports by meteorologists assessing the weather conditions on and around accident dates. So don't waste your valuable time. Give WeatherWorks a call today at 908-850-8600 or email us at data at weatherworksinc.com. Remember, when you think weather, think WeatherWorks. And welcome back, everyone, to the Weather Lounge. I'm meteorologist Mike Mahalik, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, meteorologist Mike Priante. <laughs> and, of course, our guest for this uh, episode, meteorologist Brad Miller, who used to be a TV meteorologist, and that's why we're interviewing Brad. So, Brad, welcome back. Thank you very much. Um <laughs> It's hard to explain kind of how TV works. Uh, I'm trying to do the best I can because it's something yeah. that, you know, a lot of folks uh, see every day. But uh, it, it's 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 very interesting, that's for sure. So hopefully I, I've gotten the point across so far that, you know, about so. the forecasts. I, and, you know, again, I want to go back to that one part about the, uh, you know, the, even the accuracy part. You know, I, I feel bad. I don't want to say TVs, uh, TV meteorologists don't get the accuracy right. Uh, mm-hmm. it, just, it just sometimes takes a little bit more of a backseat uh outside of severe weather and that's a whole different story but you know it, it's again you you want to look good uh you want everyone to look good on on tv and your channel's trying to look good and they're selling the ads and things like that now again you know on the weather work side we're very particular about our forecasts and you know uh you know the, the accuracy is top notch 100 percent is what we're always striving for and again on tv if you get something wrong <laughs> it's the old adage well 
the the guy or the girl on TV said it was going to rain, but it's not raining. That twenty percent chance never came true. So it's it's just kind of give and take. But that's that's kind of where we're at with all that. But I think well, everyone yeah. understands that. Yeah. And I think it's just put into perspective from you know now working with Weatherworks and now right. how we Big like difference. to break out like mm-hmm. exactly for specific right. uh, locations or very small regions. You know when that snow is going to arrive, you know, when it's going to turn heavy, when you're mm-hmm. going to see your first inch, um, sure. you know, and, and all the aspects of the storm, because there are, our clients are making decisions sure. um, based on when they're going to go out and plow, when they're going to go out and do their final scraping, when right. they're going to do their salting. Um, I, yeah, I, I've never you know, put so, so much, I was going to say, I've never put so much time into a forecast as I ever have until I worked at Weatherworks. Now, I'm not saying I never put in time for forecasts on TV. <laughs> it's just that TV was more now casting. TV was more like, all right, this is happening. So we have to do this. It's not like, well, we need to you know, prepare for all. You know, sometimes, obviously, when you get hurricanes and things like that. But you know, it's so much different at Weatherworks versus like the, the private side of forecasting on TV. So. You know, I heard about this uh, game. Let's just bring this up right away because I, I've been waiting to hear about this. <laughs> oh, uh, that people would ask you to see if you can work in a word or something <laughs> like that, you know, during your broadcast. And it's kind of like a fun game you guys would play every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's go into that a little bit. Well, it, it brings us up to a, yeah, a couple of things. So, so, yeah, once in a while, I, a couple of guys I used to play golf with, uh, and I can, I'll use their name, they're... There, our golf group was called the Wild Bunch. Okay, this is at a club I used to play. My at. group was, you know, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, yeah. no. The group itself was Wild Bunch. So I actually had to work on this one Sunday, and I played in the morning. And you know, of course, we all jabbered afterwards, and and they're like, well, you know. I'll bet you a beer, which I wasn't going to drink until the next time I saw them because, you know, I had to work that day. Anyway, they said, you can't work in the word wild bunch into the forecast. So I said, you're on. Said no doubt, I will get that in there. So that was that was the 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 Mm -hmm. task I had at hand was to work the word word wild bunch into my actual uh, forecast that afternoon or that evening on TV. So sure enough, six o'clock newscast comes on. I pretty much got out of the way right out of the gap. Right as soon as we got on, on air, we had our little camera shot. And it's like, yeah, it was a pretty quiet day. But, you know, it's we've had such a wild bunch of weather the last week or so. that it's nice that we enjoyed this <laughs> nice, quiet weekend. <laughs> and then, yeah, sure enough, God. I worked it in. But, yeah, there were other words, you know, once in a while. And even, like, me and the chief would play it, you know, work avocado in. Or, like, you know, I bet you can't work, uh, you know, some kind of odd word in there, you know. Uh, spin cycle or motorcycle or anything like that, just to, to keep things funny. Avocado sounds weird. How do you, I don't yeah, know. How do you yeah, use avocado in a forecast? In? Well, I don't know. I think I remember you saying something like, uh, you know, the, the severe watch for out in the Midwest kind of looks like an avocado here. So it would just be something like that, but we'd work oh it God. in. <laughs> you know, to, to that end, um, I mean, piggybacking off of that question, Mike, and I'm, I, I've mentioned this before on an earlier podcast. Uh, have Have either of you seen the movie Anchorman? Oh, of yeah, course. of course. Okay, oh, good, yeah. good. I'm glad. In that movie, you know, there's a huge relationship between, you know, the main anchor, uh, the, the the news, the, the sports guy, uh, the weather guy. So, mm-hmm. Brad, have you ever had a great relationship with your anchors? Were you as crazy as them? I think I think that all the the, the 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 quote talent usually always got along pretty well. I mean, okay. um, I, you know, I always had a good rapport with both the anchor and the sports guy that I used to always work with. Uh, we had a couple of sports girls, and and you know, we we had a mixture of everything uh, of 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 all different talents and uh, and all different positions. So um, I think the talent themselves, we all got along pretty well. Uh, sometimes there would be a little bit of a rift between production and the actual talent on air. Uh, there would be certain things that maybe production would like to do versus what maybe the anchors wanted to do and vice versa. Um, and again, it's just like anything else in, in, at a job. You know, you, you do have some differences and sometimes you have a different idea that you want to go with versus someone else. But overall, everyone got along. I mean, even off camera, you know, we go out afterwards sometimes or, you know, we, we'd go play golf together, uh, me and a few other folks from, from the studio. And 
you know, we'd, uh, just like anything else off camera, you know, you're, you're just basically friends or friends at work. And, you know, you have a few other people that you're closer to versus others, but you know, then, then of course the evening doesn't see too many of the morning people because you're on opposite schedule. So you, some of the people you barely even see a couple times a year, wow. other than mm. uh, maybe a, a company wide meeting or something like that, that we'd have, you know, maybe once or twice that would be in between the shifts. So, um, but overall I had a good rapport with everyone. Um, it brings me to, uh, one part of our uh, newscast, though, I'll, I'll never forget. This is what the at the end of our newscast, and our uh, our, our anchor, she was uh, she was a little taken back, and so was our sports guy, um, because at the end we had a little time left, and sometimes if we have enough time, we'll do what's called a kicker story. If you don't, then you just end the new the broadcast after the last commercial after sports. But I guess we had an extra thirty seconds, so the story <laughs> was about a honeymoon couple that was doing some cave exploration, okay, underwater. And I just, for some reason, knew this word. So <laughs> as, as the video kind of wrapped up and we were getting ready to wrap up, I said, I said just out loud, I said, wow. So I guess they had a good time spelunking together. <laughs> <laughs> and the sports, the sports anchor and our, and our, our main anchor, she just was like, like a deer in headlights and they both kind of looked at me like what did you just say like under their breath i could tell and they're thinking yeah. i said something dirty i said yeah. oh you know I was spelunking you know <laughs> well i mean the word spelunking you know it, it doesn't sound like right. a very clean type of word <laughs> but um, it's, right it was the that. proper term wasn't it mike <laughs> it was uh yeah spelunking is the exploration of caves that that's all it is um it's just the word for it it's a fun so word, and, and everyone else that. right and everyone else on the floor were like floored they almost like got knocked yeah. over and the producer in my ear was like brad what are you doing and they're yelling at me i'm like I was like, oh, well, you know, it's the exploration of caves. And they're like, oh, my God. And they started <laughs> laughing. And we we couldn't even finish the newscast. We couldn't even, like, like say goodbye to everyone. We just kind of, yeah. like, ended it laughing. Oh my it God. was so fun. it was so good that's it was just one of those things that's yeah. like uh an anchorman when um uh when when ron burgundy's like reading off the teleprompter and then he says like the the curse word and everyone's looking at him like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That? like what are you doing yeah. and he's just going off like everything's okay everything's normal and they're just like yeah. Do you realize that this? yeah yeah it's kind of like what that is you're like what nothing nothing's wrong it's just the word's <laughs> lucky everyone's <laughs> like i need to <laughs> i need to fire you ron right i gotta fire you beep bop boop <laughs> exactly yeah. No, that's pretty interesting. You know, since we're on fun topics, I know some people uh, have some type of shtick or something Mm -hmm. like that that they do the weather forecast with. I know there's there's one guy who's pretty over the top um, that uses all kinds of stuff on the on the on the weather board, all kinds of stickers and whatever you may want to see. Well, you ever have anything like that, or Mm, you pretty straightforward? No, I was pretty straightforward. I wasn't. I basically just got up there, did my thing. Yeah, I had a couple jokes here and there. I try to keep it lighthearted, especially when the weather's quiet. Because, you know, again, how how many times can you say it's gonna be sunny in seventy? So when it is kind of quiet, you do your own kind of thing. I know there's a there's a couple of meteorologists. The one up at uh, WNEP in Scranton's uh, very well known for that. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. He's the morning guy up there. Um, but you know, even our chief where I used to work, um, when things were quiet and we had big area of high pressure he was known for saying it's called the dome of delight which was great it was uh he Mm. had a special graphic for it he actually had t-shirts made for it so every time you know he'd be like all right govern yourselves the dome of delight is in effect and he would have this big (laughs) like dome this big area of high pressure and just be like locked in and that's what he would call it and it was just one of those things and he'd have his own little shtick about it and Mm. it was kind of funny but again it's just times of of lightheartedness when it was quiet and you know the weather wasn't uh you know really an issue and really kind of took a back seat to the rest of the newscast itself you you know maybe i should be putting that in my forecast uh for for our clients (laughs) how how, how do you think our operations uh, team would would think about that uh mike if we we say the delight delight will be be it could be trademarked by now i don't know i've been talking in a long time i don't want to i don't want to get sued here so maybe we won't (laughs) yeah it's probably a bad idea but uh i don't know i i don't know how that would uh I mean, it's not like it's a bad thing. I mean, it's no, just it's talking not. about it's, how, it's again, how nice it is outside. It's when it's quiet, like right. It. Now, obviously, you know, when things get active, that's a whole different story. And, and you know, that's when we talk about, you know, severe weather and things like that. Oh, well, 
right off the <laughs> bat, when, when we start thinking about severe weather, we start thinking about uh, break-ins. And, right, you know what and I'm a talking lot about. Of, and a lot of the viewers oh, are no. saying, don't you mess up yeah. my show, oh, God you forbid. know, and break in. Yeah, uh, with that tornado warning, it's not going to hit me, and blah blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah, uh, it, how did that it, all go down? Yeah, it's it's a serious topic. I mean, a lot of folks, you know, are always very you know nonchalant on Facebook, and you know, a lot of the social media, you get these people that call in or or write in, like, "Why are you breaking into my show?" And you know, it's it's such BS basically because if it's not affecting them, uh, you know directly then why are you on my tv but it helps more than it hurts and more people are saved probably by these things and are missing their their show um you know it, it's 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 it has mm-hmm. to happen though you got to get on tv for a tornado warning i don't care where you live or where you work it's uh something that saves lives and if it if even if it didn't save lives so what you know so you missed your program that you can watch later on um yeah. you know i'm a i'm a big uh uh, believer in, you know, if it's, if it's even in, in close to your area, you got to get on there and make sure people understand that maybe it's only affecting 5% of your area. The other 95 is fine, but you know what, if that 5% is saved because of a tornado warning that they're not getting on their yeah. phones or they probably are, but the TV helps out so much more because you could be in your safe space, listening to the TV, still getting that information from the meteorologist. Granted, maybe if they are going on and on about, you know, uh, repetitiveness, but if it's, if it's an active warning for a tornado, then, uh, you know, it's, it, you got to get on there. And I've had it happen. I broke in, uh, I think it was, it was a Sunday night again. And I think one of the races were going long. Um, I don't know, but no, no, I take that back. It was a bachelor. It was a bachelor of all things. I, I broke in during the bachelor because there was a tornado warning and, Granted, it wasn't for our core area. It wasn't going right through middle of Charleston, but it was within our viewing area, well within our viewing area uh, that were under the warning. And there was, a, 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 I think, not only mm-hmm. radar indicated, I think there was a one of the sheriff's office actually saw the tornado. So either way, whether it was on the ground or radar indicated, it was a tornado warning that I had to break in for. I'd get in trouble if I didn't, too, by the way. Right, right, um, right. If we don't do it, uh, the news director is going to be upset and... Uh, rightfully so so we have to do that and not only that we have to run the crawl per the fcc warning uh, mm-hmm. you know fcc makes us and that's fine too but if there's a tornado warning and it's close enough to where you know it's going to have our viewers uh, uh impacted then yeah we're going to break in and you're going to you're going to get the, the 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 feedback too on facebook the next day not only that they'll start calling I, in fact our chief a long time ago broke in during the masters and there were editorials written in the paper the next week about how he should be fired because people people missed the final round of the masters oh, because god forbid exactly their, mm-hmm. their, so, their precious exactly goals, you know and someone's exactly. probably gonna get hurt or or, or you know possibly so, have their life taken away from a exactly so it, it's it's a touchy thing and right. and most people you know meteorologists are definitely going to take that side of things and you know if your show's kind of impacted or gets delayed or you got to watch it on different at a different time well then oh well that's yeah. uh you know that's something I, I definitely believe in and i'm glad that almost all the meteorologists that i know of too are the same way I and mean, they're, they're gonna they take it's still a job it's your job to get out there and save people's lives if you have to it, you know and then that's mm-hmm. kind of you know very I, very serious about that i think that's one of the best things that tv meteorologists can do and, it, and mm-hmm. it's basically informing the public of like warnings sure. like that because like you said brad you know you have situations where people you know they maybe they don't have like uh social media and all they have is a tv right. and they're watching their favorite show mm-hmm. you know and all of a sudden you know they, they there's no some some of these places don't have tornado sirens, you know. Right. They don't they don't have a radio that that can pick up on Noah's, uh, you know, the weather scan. Um, right. So you know, having you guys on TV actually come in and interrupt their programming, it might suck, but it might save their life. I think that's no, I one of the best things about TV uh, meteorologists. Honestly, I agree one hundred percent. Especially with even with the technology we have today, with the phones and and every every aspect of social media that you have, people have laptops open. But TV is still a huge medium to where it comes to getting. Uh, you know, information out. I mean, it's just, it's still something that people will do, especially local TV. I mean, I can understand maybe national TV isn't as popular as it was probably 20 years ago, but local TV is still huge. I mean, people are still going to tune into their local news that they want to watch and they like their anchors. They like their, you know, sports people and they like their, their weather people. So it's, it's more of an informative thing. And, and, you know, if things go down and severe weather's happening, then they're going to, you know, they're going to look for that to get their information. And um, 
just real quick, uh, I just wanted to say about um, one more thing about the break-in thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think what people need to realize, just put yourself in the other person's mm-hmm. shoes for just one second. Yes, your favorite show may be on, but if you were that person who was about to be impacted mm-hmm. by that tornado and your house destroyed along with you know the rest of your belongings and everything else. Sure. I mean, if you got that warning to get to safety, you would be the most grateful person in the world that you're still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for once, just put yourself yeah. in the other person's shoes, not about your favorite show, and say, you know what? That probably saved somebody sure. um, you know, a whole lot of tragedy. And yeah, and, and you know, we've seen tornadoes before and everyone has, and they're very localized. I mean, you know, you can have an EF4 tornado go through a town that's, you know, less than five miles away and you wouldn't even know it. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. I mean, I can understand people are like, well, it's not impacting me. So why am I watching this? But yet, you know, you know, 10 minutes away, uh, people's lives are, are getting, uh, you know, completely overturned here by this mm-hmm. uh, tornado. And you have a, you know, you have a couple of rumbles of thunder and a downpour where you live, but you know, 10, 10 minutes away, you know, the, the, the town's destroyed. So that's the thing about tornadoes. They're so localized and, but destructive at the same time. Um, well, Brad, you know, I think that about does it here for the show. Um, I think we really got a good look inside of what a TV meteorologist does Mm -hmm. and, 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 um, yeah, just the inner workings of everything and, and actually even going out to the grocery store and getting noticed as a celebrity, you know, there's all kinds of things. I will say I've learned a lot, Mike. I I definitely have. I mean, I knew a little bit about it because like I said, I worked a little bit in school with with you know with tv but there's certainly things that i you know didn't know a whole lot about so i i'm i'm, I'm grateful we had brad on here and i was able to uh to fill in as as the co-host while we interviewed him and if you want to ask brad more questions just give him a call at 610 610- <laughs> <laughs> <No>, I'm, <just laughs> uh, I'm always open for comments and commentary yeah send me an give, email or, or send something to the too, podcast you're at it. tell him where he lives and uh, you know <laughs> Thanks, guys, for uh, for listening to the Weather Lounge. You know, as always, if you have any uh, questions, concerns, uh, you know, any any future topics you want to listen to, uh, you know, Brad and Mike talk about, so you can always email us at weatherlounge at weatherworksync.com. We're on social media. You can find us on uh, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're on professionally in the workplace, uh, we are on LinkedIn as well. And uh, we'll have a new podcast every two weeks. Uh, you could find us on any podcasting app you have, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, any app that you listen to your podcast, you'll find the Weather Lounge. And uh, for for all of us here, I think that's about it. And uh, we'll see you all here uh, in the next two weeks. 